and welcome to our latest Sport Ed podcast and conversations around student sport in Edinburgh. Today we are discussing everything women's football related. And joining me in this latest episode is Feline Rowers and Neve Page. Would you just like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Yep, um, I'm Feline. I'm the current president of the Women's Football Club and also vice president inclusion of the Sports Union. I'm Neve Page. I'm a current one player um, in the football team and also the publicity officer for the club. That's great. And so how has your season been so far? Um, I think it's been good. Uh, last season we got relegated back to the Scottish League, but that's meant that we get we've gotten some good wins this season, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of getting to the end of like the Scottish Cup run and stuff. So, training hard to see how that mm-hmm. pans out. He's hoping for promotion this year as well, or wait and see. Is that still another year ahead? Probably looking more likely to be another year. Mm-hmm. I think we're now focusing more on our cup games, just to finish the season on a high. Well, yeah. Who have you got in the cup? Um, so we're waiting for Aberdeen and Aberte to play each other um, and then we'll play their winner in the semi-final which should hopefully be alright because neither of them are in our league. Okay, yeah. well, fing- fingers crossed. I'm sure to feel Edinburgh Community is written for years as well. So first of all, like, tell us what made you join like Women's Football Club? Was it a love and passion for football from a young age or was it just when you first came to university? Um, I think for me personally, it was when I first came to university, there wasn't much opportunity for women's football um, beforehand. So then when I came and I thought it was just a good way to make friends. And then I met Feline there on my first day of trials. So it, it, it was just like an opportunity to meet new people, see what everything's about and be a part of something outside of education at uni. I think for me, it was quite similar. Didn't play much football before coming to uni. Wasn't going to join the club. And then I was convinced and I really enjoyed like the first week of activities and yeah, just kind of continued on from there. Do you say like visit and support our team as well? I'd say I'm an Ajax fan. And then throughout the years, being friends with some people in football, I've been convinced to also be a Liverpool fan at times. Unpopular opinion, but I don't actually follow a lot of football, which is very bad to say when I play it so much. But if I do have to say so... Mainly to keep people at work off my back, I would say I'm an Arsenal supporter. Oh, um, you know that isn't all, but I would say I'm an Arsenal supporter, and whoever my boss supports on that day, I'm supporting whoever they're playing against. So yeah, and I'm more of a, I'm actually more of a rugby fan to be honest, but I also can't say that much without getting. But you play football. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant, and guess you got to keep your boss happy. So whatever way you can, <laughs> yeah, you can you can do that. So tell us what's like the best things about like Women's Football Club. What initiatives have you led this year and in previous years? To summarise it in one word, I think it's just like vibes. Um, I think that everyone in the club kind of stands behind its values. So like we're, we always try to be as inclusive as possible and really welcome every new person, whether they come in September or January or somewhere in the middle of that. And I also think that definitely compared to my first year, there's been a big shift in kind of mingling between teams, which would be really nice because you get to know a hundred odd more people than if you're just chatting to your own team. So I think, yeah, that's what it is for me. I would agree. I just think the whole club as a whole, we say the sort of cringy thing of we're four four teams, one club, but I do genuinely feel that this year, which in previous years it hasn't been as much. And I think that has been as a result of 
they are social secretaries doing a wonderful job uh, on a Wednesday after games or club captains or just people just mingling and just realising that being in a team doesn't mean that you're just sat and these are the only people you can sort of speak to and see out with training and games like there's multiple others and as Fleen said there's over 100 girls in our club so you're going to have someone that has common interests with you so just finding them that's like brilliant to hear and you see it's like such a diverse club there's like multiple nationalities as well yeah I think it's really nice you get a good mix of people so um, for example last week a couple of us went to Paris for a tournament and we had how many nationalities we had a team of eight I think we had five nationalities something like that Mm -hmm. and yeah it was just great just like that kind of environment it's just really fun and like just lately as well, uh, your club uh, led a football versus homophobia tournament as well. How how does that go? Yeah, so this is the second year that we've done this. It kind of all started when the UCL Women's Football Club reached out last year and they wanted to do their like tour in Edinburgh because they couldn't leave the UK because of the COVID restrictions at the time. So they were going to come up and we kind of organised a tournament, invited Glasgow as well and Dundee. Um, and it was just kind of a great day of playing like seven aside football. There was like no pressure for who's going to win or anything like that. Um, and then we, yeah, we kind of continued that this year because we really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and I think it's just a brilliant way of bringing like women's football together because we only really ever see each other on the pitch when we don't really like each other very much. <laughs> it's just a good way of bringing everyone together and kind of raising some extra awareness. Would you say like it's women's football is such like a nice like community outside of Edinburgh as well? Would you have like a lot of good connections with other Scottish and UK clubs? Yeah, we try our best. There's, I think I can say honestly, there's some clubs more than others, <laughs> um, but I think that's the same for just that's just football, I guess. I think even just out with the clubs, like put our differences aside. Um, we all share common ground when it comes to the inclusion and being um, as supportive as possible about things that we need to raise awareness. So we put things aside and there's been campaigns that we've worked with with Sterling Uni, the recent one it was for Siobhan, mm-hmm. um, where our players wore purple and wrote like ASCA on like the wrists and so on. And it's little things. We just put that aside and join together to raise awareness about something. And I do think out of all of the unis, I think women's football as well is like an area that can do that. Like they just put everything aside and just join together and do it. And who was that support for that was joint with Sterling? Can you It's um, for Siobhan Cassigan, was it? Yeah. So it's a I believe a Sterling rugby player mm-hmm. uh who passed away because of concussions. Um so it's kind of raising awareness for that and raising some money for that as well. I think it's with the if in doubt sit them out campaign yeah okay so it's showing that like these are like being like topical of loads of different sports and supporting something concussion is such a an important issue and has your club like expanded upon that and led some more training as well i think there's there's things that are bigger than football at the end of the day um and even outside of that there's things that are bigger than our university level sport concussion is something that can affect you both in education and life Therefore, if it's not dealt with properly or not handled with the right amount of care when needed, it can result in something quite dangerous. So it's raising this like more information about like how severe they are in training. So we've done concussion ad courses um, and offer them to all of our players. We're a committee, certainly. Um, I think there's limited spaces, but it we might, yeah. try to get as many people as possible involved. Just making sure people are educated about the risks and that 
the if in doubt sit them out campaign is as I personally as well I'm a strong believer in that I had knock in a game it's not worth it playing on for an extra 20 minutes it's a game of football at the end of the day it's out with that it's somebody's life so yeah I think we're all quite good for that and I think linking in with campaigns like that so for example like the football view homophobia campaign as well I think it's a great way of not only like showing our support within our club and within the university realm but also you know as with my role with the SU I've passed on things I've learned from both of those to other clubs as well who might not have similar things so obviously football is quite a big sport the biggest I believe in the UK mm-hmm. um, so we do get a lot of support with campaigns and what we can do to help um, so I think that's another benefit is you know we get to share that with other clubs and kind of improve that in other sports as well. Like what organisations have you like had support with and like leading your say football versus homophobia event and like what which support did you did you receive? Um, so honestly, mainly with football via homophobia, um, they're really great. They often send us some Instagram DMs and mm-hmm. stuff, giving us some extra information. Um, also, Leap Sports Scotland has been really good. Um, so they saw that we were running this tournament again, and they offered to bring through some pride flags and flyers and all that kind of stuff that we could hand out on the day, uh, which was really great. So we had that as well, which kind of supported everything. That's good to hear. And if like, do you can feel you'll continue like supporting leap sport and football homophobia in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. I think they have brilliant resources and are great people to work with. Um, I think especially in the coming years, working with them on trans visibility is and something that we and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely something we want to do more of. Yeah. So they've been really helpful. And as a, a club, what does it like mean to use that like use our that is one of your main like push for inclusivity my view is yes we're sport but i think often it's forgotten that it is just university sport it is just there for the sake of having fun while at uni Mm. um obviously there's some exceptions to that if you're like a world-class athlete (laughs) um but i think just remembering that that it's purely there um to have a good time is important um and having everyone included it makes sure that as many people as possible can have a good time i think it can be difficult coming to university at times some some people just if they fit right in it's very easy process but if you're coming up 16 17 for some people and you're growing into like a young adult and you don't still know a lot about yourself i think to women's football we've been good for just accepting everyone and giving them space to sort of grow and become themselves that sounds very cringy but that's true um and just being supportive of that and letting them know that there are no sort of boundaries, there's no judgments and just giving them a space to sort of figure themselves out and that they're going to be supportive regardless and that there's resources there too and that our committee members, like our wellbeing officers, our inclusion officers, we have people to support them or whatever that may be. Um, so it just allows people to sort of be themselves outside of, as you say, sport. Yeah, and I think another thing that's often overlooked is you can be in a club and feel that it's really inclusive but I think actually the publicity of that is quite important as well um, for prospective students or people who are wanting to join a sport um, you know they'll be looking on the Instagram they'll be looking on the website um, and I think seeing things um, that could make them feel more included can make it a lot less intimidating and in general what more do you think the sport of football can do that's maybe isn't quite right or like what do you think can be done I think for me personally, and this is, um, I feel perhaps our male football team and club could do slightly more joining with us when we reach out 
obviously other people have prior commitments so on so there's nothing against that and I know they play at the weekends quite a lot um it's really just putting out that we are one and that it's a unity thing that it's not just women's football that are against these sort of things or support other campaigns it's everyone so I think there's more people being involved it doesn't take much to wear rainbow laces or make a few Instagram posts like it really does not so I just say that really yeah I think it stretches to like the professional level as well football is obviously a male dominated sport um and you can see on the professional level as well there is more advocacy coming from the women's side mm-hmm. um so I think kind of joining together would bring a much more powerful message uh, especially because like obviously men's professional sport is more popular than the women's side so mm-hmm. yeah and if the Women's World Cup coming up in New Zealand very next year, am I right? Yeah, this summer. This summer, okay. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think can come out of that and what are your hopes for the tournament? I think it was kind of great the way that COVID worked out with the Euros being last summer um, mm-hmm. and then immediately following on with the World Cup because the hype is still there, which is brilliant. Um, so many people are keen to watch or even travel all the way there. Um, so I think it's really kind of the England winning the Euros has really propelled women's football in a good direction, even though I'm not too happy England won. <laughs> but yeah. I do think there was like an almost like an uptake in participation or certainly more conversations had once the Lionesses had won. And as a Scottish person, that does hurt to say. Um, <laughs> but I think it was needed for women's football, it was needed for the game. Um, so I can't really be mad about that. I, I can remember the amount of DMs on the Instagram that we got about people just off the back of them winning the year and being like, actually, I want to give that a go. And a lot of it was for our recreational teams and just beginners. Um, so just letting them know that they can start somewhere. Like, you don't need to be unreal at football think, oh, I'm going to join the football club. Like, there's a space for everyone. Yeah, it was astonishing to see the kind of engagement we got mm-hmm. after the Euros as well. People emailing, DMing. I think we're currently followed by one of the England football accounts as well. Um, which is followed certainly by recently looked at this because I made sure they're still following us. <laughs> um, good, good. They're like followed by like Beth Mead and so on, and just that name alone is um, very well known across football. And then like the final, I remember watching it as a Scotsman myself. I <laughs> I I was still wanting Germany to win, uh, as I would in the men's game. But mm-hmm. do you feel? Even some people from Scotland were still wanting England to win because they would see it as an opportunity to like increase the visibility and like more members in women's football. I think for me, throughout the tournament, I was kind of like, oh, England, no, England can't win. Like kind of similar to the men's side with the Euros and the the World Cup. But then when it got to the final, I kind of was like, I'm also not a big fan of Germany, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I kind of was like, if they win, that would be great for women's football in the UK. Um, so then yeah I kind of switched sides I guess I think it was even what they did it was immediately following their win they sent a letter to our current Prime Minister and said why is why are girls not offered the same opportunities as what the boys are for participation in school so like PE um, girls still aren't offered equal opportunities to play football as what the boys are and it's like these women have just won a huge major tournament and one of the biggest in the world yeah. well, definitely mm-hmm. top and three really and to turn around and say why are the grassroots girls not even being given the opportunity and I think that that is a problem within the system that does need to be addressed and the fact that they spoke out off the back of their win and tried to fix it just shows that it's an ongoing issue 
with the like women's football, like recreation, like alternatives that you have, like tell us about them because you have like four teams, as you said. Yeah, so we've got four competitive teams, uh, and that's in Bucks. And then our recreational program kind of ties in with the intramural program. They kind of there's a lot of overlap there, and our um, recreational officers run that as well. And so that's open to non-students, uh, students. You can be younger, you can be older. Literally anyone can join, and they play five aside every Saturday morning. Um, and then this year and last year as well, we organised some opportunities for them to play 11 aside as well. And I will say it was the best match I've ever watched in my entire <laughs> life. I was screaming my head off um, against Glasgow Development. And then again, off the back of that, a lot of those girls went and joined a competitive team. Um, so I think it's just a great way to kind of get an introduction to football. Um, and also, you know, if you're competitive in another sport, you can do a bit of recreational fives on the side. Um mm. And was that some of their like, first taste of 11 aside? Yeah, so I think there were two players who had played 11 aside before and the rest hadn't. Um, and they were just all so buzzing uh, <laughs> to get to be able to play on the massive 3G2 pitch. Um, but yeah, it was just brilliant. You know brilliant what the watch. score was? I think it was, it was 9-1. It was something. Yeah, yeah it was something like us. that. Wow, so, okay, well. Yeah, it was great. Can't complain with a eight-goal <laughs> margin, can we? So. Yeah. <laughs> And like looking ahead as well, do you see women's football maybe even getting like a fifth team, or what? What are your hopes for the club as like in, as a whole? It's definitely been on the horizon for quite a few years now. Um, so our fourth team was only its first competitive season was only last year. Um, after being kind of the development team for two years, kind of one because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, every year at trials. I'm kind of like, oh my god, there's so many people so here. Many. Where, what do we do with all these people? I think we're gonna have almost like a double hit. Last year is off the back of the Euros. This year is off the back of the World Cup, and just the intake is so much. And we'd love to have everyone, um, whatever the level, because they're here and they want to play football. So to have to turn them away is quite unfortunate. So I do, I don't think it's something too far out of reach. Yeah, what's kind of stopping us is just having enough space to do it all because. Mm-hmm. We're already quite tight on space now with four teams. Each time coaches. Yeah, just kind of more logistically how we would pull it off. But I think the interest is definitely there. So definitely something that we're always thinking about. Would you quietly hope for an England uh, World Cup win this this no. year or not? Really, so. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that I'll have to have the same kind of change in opinion really halfway through. Yeah. They're against, yeah. I yeah. feel. If it's against the Netherlands, then they're uh, a strong outfit no. as well. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, tell us about like you've been involved with the Buck Sports Women's Leadership Program as well. So how how has that been for you this year? Yeah, that's been really good. Uh, so basically, it's like a year long program for anyone from Bucks institutions involved in kind of the running or coaching of women's football, and it's been really good. Uh, I think there's twenty one of us, maybe. Uh, but it's really nice because they're kind of from all over the UK get to know them quite well and learn a lot about the sport and about ourselves as well. So our first kind of residential is what they call them was down in Nottingham for the whole weekend and learned a lot about like career opportunities within women's football, um, what we can, like what is being done to encourage younger girls to join football as well. Um, and also learn, obviously learn a lot about how to lead a committee and yeah, it's just a great, it's a great program. Had a, our second residential was just a couple of weeks ago which is also just as good. So yeah. 
would recommend. <laughs> and do you see yourself open to like work in football or like sport because of that program? Uh, I think definitely. I hadn't thought about it before, and I was then after that I was like, huh. It is a possibility, but I'm someone who doesn't know what I'm doing tomorrow. So <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> and as well, I hear like women's football has quite a close relationship with the futsal club. Am yeah. I right in that? Um, so basically how it was structured is up until last, last year, year yeah. um, there was the futsal club, which was just the men's teams. And then the women's futsal teams sat within our remit. So within the women's football club. Worked quite well for us. Um, but then... There just wasn't the space to grow futsal, really, because it was... It was football players playing futsal, actually. Um, They are separate sports, very different sports when you take them apart. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like while the clubs were still together, although it was really good for having the girls that played 11-a-side football playing futsal, it did mean that futsal development just wasn't quite there. So having a club, once they merged with the men's club just to create the futsal club... Um, it gave them the opportunity to be more specific in their training and have players who we have players this year that only play futsal um, and don't play football which was very unheard of up until last year this year this year really last year there was still women's football players Um, so I think it's just a way to develop and grow the game slightly more yeah and I think a a lot of the guys have been helping out with coaching our teams uh, which has been great because you know they just know so much more women's football when it was running futsal it was just kind of run as a nice five-a-side okay. indoor <laughs> football um, but they are just completely different so it's been yeah it's been really good but obviously now we still we still work closely together a lot of their committee are still also involved in football um, so it's just a nice nice little bond we've got going really mm-hmm. some joint socials we always try and support each other when if futsal is playing or football's playing, you know, kind of come down and support. And like a more external, like a partner relationship as well. Uh, the women's football has a good relationship with Muir Thistle, SWLPL2 uh, team. Can you tell us how that panned out? Yeah. Uh, so that was introduced last year. Last year was the first season of that. And it was really just to create more of a pathway within like women's football in Scotland. So obviously, they, like, so Bermier is the largest girls only football club in Scotland had to get that one right <laughs> it's a great mouthful and so they've obviously got loads and loads and loads of players from I think six on to like I think they once had like a 40 year old person playing as well oh. um, yeah. and I think that pathway has just been really good for us to join in on as well because they're younger players who maybe are not at the level of going SWPL2 can then kind of see other opportunities within women's football. So they, you know, if they come to uni, which quite a lot of them do, they can join our club. Um, we've also just introduced a new Sunday league team, Edinburgh Uni Thistle, which has been good for, you know, our competitive players to get more playing time, but also for Burmier players to get the chance to play as well, I guess. Mm. Well, there's definitely like pathways and like progress. And I guess you're just offering like more, more membership opportunities for people to grow and develop and, in, yeah, in the Scottish exactly. game. Um, also for like our first team players, there's a couple of them who've been playing with their Prem side for quite a while now. So like Abby, for example, you know, it's really... At least a couple, yeah, a couple of years now. It's taken her football from like 100 to like 180. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's an unreal player, um, but it helps to have that as well. So it's kind of, it supports the 
more participation side of football, but also the performance side, which has just been really good. That's, that's what's really pleasing to hear. And like, would you just have like a favourite like event of the year that can be like a tournament or a trip away? I think for me, honestly, it could be um, our end of season ball. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our end of season ball, um, which is next month. Yeah, it's in April. April. And it's just time for all all four teams um, to come together and just celebrate the year of football that we've had. Also another opportunity to dress up nicely um, and have a few drinks. And it's just really quite wholesome. Yeah, it's nice. We have like awards and stuff for... Award uh, speeches. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice conclusion to the season, yeah. I'd say. Do you know where it'll be held? Uh, yeah, it's in the Sky Bar of the Hilton, I believe. Mm. So it's okay. got a lovely view of the castle. Yeah. I was going to say, oh. lovely view. <laughs> Get some nice photos. Yeah, <laughs> Can't complain with that. Mm. And on like a personal level, where do you see your like football career like developing? You can take that one first. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Set the bar. <laughs> Me personally, I think I've always just looked at football as a bit of a bit of fun, um, stress release, and just throughout the week just to see friends and play a little game of football I guess just for enjoyment so personally I don't see it going much further than club football outside of um, university and I'm not mad about that because I do have other things I'd like to focus on but certainly I would continue to play I think I'm quite quite similar in that play it for a bit of fun I don't think I'm not making a national team anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, just a bit of fun. And I think I'd be quite sad to graduate uni and kind of have Not to leave mm-hmm. this brilliant environment behind. But again, like because of the partnership there is Burmier that we can then continue mm-hmm. playing with. I think even just football, any sport, I feel it just gives that little bit of structure mm-hmm. um throughout your week. And I know that times where when the pitches were recently frozen and I think we had to miss like say three training sessions four training sessions whatever I remember being like so lost with my little time (laughs) I was like what am I supposed to be doing on a Tuesday Thursday evening so it does it brings that little bit of just structure throughout it's like the more busy you are sometimes the more productive Mm -hmm. you are because you'll you'll always make time because like oh you've got your one of your favorite things off of the week like training so Mm -hmm. yeah I think also during like the, the whole covid year it was great to have a bit, once we were allowed to come back to football, it was great to have that. It was like what everyone was looking forward to mm. the whole week was, oh my God, we get to play football. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's great for that. And like finally, if you could sum up your football and experience at Edinburgh in a few words, what what would it be? Good vibes. <laughs> I was going to say unforgettable. <laughs> That's much better. I also like good vibes though. Yeah, unforgettable good vibes, good vibes. Yeah. yeah yeah combine the two yeah <laughs> oh that, that's very celebratory so can't complain first of all thank you very much for joining me on this latest episode and i'm sure we all look forward to seeing the wonderful uh, women's football uh, continuing to develop and flourish and perhaps even more promotions on the cards if not this season yeah. in a couple <laughs> of years yeah hopefully thank well, you for having us yeah thanks for having us Telfer. Oh, so thank you very much so 